today we are celebrating uh, two things. Uh, a lot of churches call it baby dedications. We have one baby and a couple of children to dedicate to the Lord. Uh, and and I, I feel very strongly about this. And, and then at the close of this message, we're going to release those that are wanting to be baptized to go and get ready, and you'll meet the ladies in the back, and they'll get you everything you need for that. And so at the close of it, we're going to go out and have baptisms, which is another awesome day. And, uh, but I got to thinking this week, how do I tie all of this together? And I believe the Lord has helped me. I feel very strongly about children um, because children are the link to heaven. That's why I love the innocent, sometimes maybe not so innocent in our ears, of the cries of kids. It's one of the reasons we try to tell all of our adults don't get distracted if our kids are moving around and talking because Jesus said to suffer them to be in his presence. Allow them. In fact, Jesus got ticked off with some adults because they were trying to silence the children. And so I'm very strong about our kids. I want our kids, as they grow up and get older, some of these four, five, six, seven-year-olds, I want them to understand and hear the voice of their pastor so when they're a little bit older, they have a voice that they recognize. And so that's why we don't dismiss the kids from our main service. We want them in here. We want them to hear you worship. They, they jump around here, and they don't really know necessarily what they're doing in practicality, but their worship is imitating you. Now, I want you to let that sink in. What kind of worship do you want your kids to do? They're going to imitate you. Okay? So if you come to church with a scowl on your face, a frown on your face, you, you just might as well set it aside. Eventually, those kids are going to be coming to church with a scowl on their face and a frown on their face. But if you come, no matter what's going on in the world and what's going on in your world, and you come and you're worshiping and you're smiling and you're, you're declaring the goodness of God, they're going to imitate that, and imitation becomes habit, and habit becomes character. Some of you are listening. So I'm very conscious of our children and our children's ministry is doing a great job. You need to have your kids here at 9.30 the first three Sundays of the month because they're getting the word of the Lord. I'm also passionate about baptism. And by the end of this, you'll understand why. Because we're dedicating some natural children and we're birthing some spirit children today. So I'm reading from Mark chapter 10. One day, verse number 13, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. Oh, my. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. 
Listen, I've got to tell you. Let's continue to read first. (laughs) He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Okay, that that means Jesus is trying to emphasize a point that he's already made and he's wanting us hard-headed adults to get it. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Ouch. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. We're going to go to some other scriptures here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, I, I find it interesting. I, I'm going to sound maybe a little harsh for some adults, and I don't know that I'm talking to anybody specifically But if I am, just let you know that it's not me, it's God trying to get a hold of your attention. I find it very interesting in the church world that children have been commanded to be silent. I remember when I was a kid... I was sitting on the pew, and and I recognized something from a very young age, and it was this. Much louder. My dad's fingers were bigger. And I knew my dad was trying to get my attention, and if I didn't listen the first time, the snapping of the fingers became a... And if I ignored it then... The next thing I knew that there was this big hand upon the back of my neck and I was having a walk with my dad. And I remember being drilled into me. You need to honor the sanctuary. It's a sacred place. It is a place of holiness. Now, don't misunderstand where I'm coming from because I believe that that's what the sanctuary is. But I have this feeling, this suspicion that Jesus likes the laughter and the sounds of kids. If you're being distracted by children in the church, you're not really in tune with Jesus in the first place. I I know that's harsh. I have had people tell me, well, they just don't control their kids, and it drives me crazy. Sit somewhere else. Raise your head and look at the sky as you're worshiping. If the children are being a distraction to you, you are not in tune with Jesus. For when the disciples were not in tune with the children, Jesus got angry with the adults, thinking that the adults thinking that it was a bother for the children. But Jesus doesn't just say, let them come unto. He makes a very bold statement that you and I need to hear today, and that is this. Unless you become like them, you you have no hope of the kingdom. I, I know that's that, that may blow your theological bubble, that there's a laundry list of things you need to do. Can I tell you what you need to do? You need to get to be like the kids. 
You need to act a little bit more like the kids. I know this is a weird message for you. But you need to get like, I have told this church, the greatest conversion is not from sinner to saint. The greatest conversion is adult to child. Here's what I mean by that. Children don't have it all figured out. Adults just think they do. Little Tristan's getting ready to be dedicated unto God. I want to sit down and talk with him today and ask him when he came up with the next rent payment. Or what he's making for dinner this afternoon. I know it sounds comical, but Tristan has the younger Tristan. The younger Tristan has no concern about a rent payment. He has no concern about what's getting ready to happen for dinner this afternoon. All he's worried about is sleeping and eating and making noise every once in a while. Very little noise comes out of this child. One of the happiest babies I've ever met. And he loves church. And and, and so here's what Jesus is saying. A child lives a carefree existence. Now, now don't misunderstand me. I know that some of our children, and you may be one of them, had things happen in your life that you had to grow up a lot sooner than what you should have, and you've experienced things that you probably shouldn't have as a child, but let me just tell you the principle is simply this. A child should not have to worry about anything. It's up to the parent or the guardian or the grandparent. Can I just tell you what Jesus is saying is unless you get to the place where you're totally, completely dependent on me, you'll never be able to make it to glory because you can't figure out how to get high enough to it. You're not able to climb to heaven. Men have tried in the past, read Genesis 11, where they built a tower of Babel trying to reach heaven. It didn't work out very well for them. Why? Because the only way to get to heaven is to get to Jesus and be with Jesus. And the only way to be with Jesus is found in Proverbs chapter 3 that says, Trust in him with all your heart, not just part of it, and lean not on your own understanding. Think of this. Presley's getting dedicated to me. I'm not going to sit down with her and and discuss the economic situation of the world. Because she ain't going to care. She's just going to say, my economic situation is whatever my mom and dad can give me. I, I need somebody to get a hold of this because it'll transform the way you live. When the Bible says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing, nothing, don't worry about anything, that's childlike faith. 
And when you get to the point where you're not worried about anything because you know he's in control, you're not. The Bible, Jesus even goes on to say this. Take no thought for tomorrow what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to, what, where you're going to go because he's got it all in control. Just grab a hold of his hand and hold on to him and he'll take you wherever you need to go. That's childlike faith. And so we're dedicating these children unto the Lord, but in all actuality, it's really not the child that's getting dedicated, it's the adult. We're dedicating Tristan, but we're really dedicating Trista and Lisa and all the extending family that's committing to help Tristan find Jesus. That's really what we're doing today. You understand the value of a child is immense in the eyes of God. Because unless you become like one of these children, you can't see it. You can't be a part of it. So what does that do for us adults? I'll tell you what it does. It should change the way that we live. So before you came to Christ, and now I'm going to start talking a little bit about you that are getting baptized today and what happened to us that have already been baptized. You live a life in a nature. And from childhood when you weren't worried about anything, can I just tell you I have no memories of my own diaper changes. Now I have some memories of his, but none of mine. And so as I grew up as a child, I wasn't worried about the things of life, really. I just trusted in my mom and dad that, you know, dinner was going to be served, a house was going to be there, I was going to have this and that and, and whatever they could, okay? I, I, but somewhere along the line, I started becoming an adult, and then I started to have worrying about rent payments and mortgage payments and car deals and gas prices and all the things, insurance and retirement, et cetera, et cetera. You know the, you know the drill. But while I'm growing up in the natural realm as a young boy, I'm starting to learn some things and I'm starting to act on some things that are moving out from the understanding or the umbrella of totally depending on him. And when I do that... I make a ton of mistakes. Why? Because I'm a wimp. My character isn't all that good. The Bible says it this way. My heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. No man can know it. And a lot of times we read that and we say, well, that means you don't know what's in my heart. No, that means you don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in my heart. Only he sees the heart. And so my heart gets dark. My life gets dark. I commit sins. I become a miserable wretch as I'm growing older in the natural realm because I'm leaving that area or that era of innocence, that era where I'm not worried about anything and I've stepped into an atmosphere of worry and, and doubt and anxiety and, and I make dumb decisions and, and I can't blame anybody but myself for the decisions that I've made and I've got myself into a mess because my character has been 
darkened by my heart, and now I am so separated from the will of God by being a child. I'm now an adult trying to do things on my own, and now I start praying differently. I start praying, God, you need to figure this out and work this out, and what the way you need to work this out is to, 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 to let me get my way. Because us doing that, we think, well, that's being a child. No. A child isn't about getting their way. They just know they don't have to worry about anything. They're just going to ask you. You can say no. Childishness is what we grow into. God, I want it this way. God, you promised me blessings, so I better get a new car. You promised me blessings, so you better give me the right spouse. And if the spouse is wrong, it's all the spouse's fault. Boy, I need to scoot over there. And we become separated by our choices from the way God intended us to operate and live. God intends for us to live like Tristan. God intends for us to live like Presley. God intends for us to live like children, totally reliant upon him, but our sin is simply this. We begin to grow up in the natural and try to do it ourselves. And the Bible says, Cheryl quoted it this morning, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It, 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 all of us miss the mark. Why? Because we're not relying on him. We're relying on our own ingenuity. And the emptiness that is in us that we forget as a child, or if we had a bad childhood, we didn't ever saw the proper example, we start trying to fill that longing in us with the world. And that world and those things that we fill our lives up with pushes us away from the way God that intended us to be. And we have to come to something that will change the course of our life. We have to come to what the biblical term is, is conversion version. We have to come face to face with who we are and who Jesus is, and we've got to come to the mental understanding, what I'm doing isn't working, what he's doing will help me make it to where I need to be. And that's called repentance. <laughs> and we begin to believe that Jesus has a better plan, and we begin to trust in him, and all that's well and good, but you're still who you were. You're still a darkened individual that has mentally and emotionally decided that Jesus is a better way than the way you're going, but you're still the darkened individual. Now just hold on and follow me. So in John chapter 3, Jesus has a discussion with Nicodemus and Nicodemus wasn't just a run-of-the-mill kind of guy. He was a religious icon. He was a member of the Pharisees, one of the priesthood, if you will. And Jesus looks at him and says this in verse number 3. 
I tell you that there's that word again. I tell you the truth. In the King James, it's verily, verily, I say unto you. What he's really saying, like I've said before, he's saying, okay, look at me. I'm getting ready to tell you something that you need to hear. Jesus is being forceful here. And he says this. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, or a better translation is born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, thank God for Nicodemus, because he clarifies this by asking a question. In verse 4, he says, what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Here's what the question really is in verse number 4. Here's what Nicodemus is really saying. How do I convert from adulthood to childhood? That's Tim Sanders' phraseology. His terminology is how does a man that's grown go back into a mother's womb and be born again? What he's really saying is you're wanting me to be a child, but I'm an adult. I'm messed up. I have all kinds of problems, and you're wanting me to get back to that child that doesn't have any worries and problems and and somebody to work with them and serve them and save them and be with them and protect them and provide for them. That's what you're wanting me to get. How does that happen? So Jesus says it this way. In verse 5, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of heaven without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Can I just, I'm going to turn back one page. Elena, don't worry about catching up. In chapter 1 of this same book of John, there's a particular passage of Scripture in verse number 13, actually verse number 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, I'm going to make a theological statement that is not designed for any other church but for you that are sitting here today. Believing and accepting doesn't make you brand new. I'm going to explain it in a little bit. Believing and accepting Jesus is a step towards a new birth, but it's not the new birth. There's a lot of people in the world and in the evangelical systems of this world that say, I've been born again because I've believed in Jesus and accepted him. But the Bible says if you believe and accept, he'll give you the power to become, not that you are, but to become the children of God. Verse 13, they are reborn. That sounds like John 3. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Can I tell you that that's the new living? In the King James it says, born of God, not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, nor of blood, nor of bones. And, and, and so what does that mean? That tells me how I need to be born of the water and of the Spirit. And there's only one place that I see that happening in Scripture, and that's when Jesus was baptized. He went down into the waters of baptism. He came up. The Bible says the Spirit descended upon him and remained on him. So that brings us to you and I. What does it mean when we're baptized? What's getting ready to happen to you today that those of you that are getting ready to be baptized and what has happened to us who have already been baptized? Romans chapter 6 Verse number four, 
For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Here's what that tells me, is that when we go down into the waters of baptism just like Jesus did, and we come up out of the waters of baptism, as we come up out of those waters, the Spirit descends and remains and births us and gives us a new life to walk in so that the Bible is fulfilled in Romans chapter 6 that says when you're buried with him in baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Those of you that have been baptized, the moment you came up out of the water, you became like unto one of these children. You converted from adult to a brand new baby. Now, I know that you're not going back and we're not reversing time. You're still going to get gray. You're still going to lose your hair. You're still going to get wrinkles on your face, but your spirit is going to be brand new. You are going to feel like a vibrant new creation. Why? Because you are being born of the water and the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The freedom that you're going to experience and feel is going to be overwhelming. I forgot to write down which scriptures. Elena, just put the next one up. Colossians chapter 2. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ... When you believe and accept him, when you came to him, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. When you came to an understanding and a belief in Jesus and you accept him as who he is, what he does is he knocks down the old nature. He puts the old nature to death. He, he eliminates that darkness in your heart. But then in verse number Number 12, you're buried with Christ when you are baptized, and with him you are raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. When you come up out of the waters of baptism, not only are you who you used to be, that's been buried, but you're a brand new baby in Christ, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. If somebody would get to the place where you are converted, from adulthood to childhood. I hope somebody's grabbing this. The enormity. I'm going to say some, a, a, a couple of things. And if you are a guest here today and your preacher preaches something different, you'll just have to deal with your preacher. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I just want to give you the word of the Lord. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that water baptism is an outward act of an inward change. You won't find it. 
the reason why I believe you won't find it. Yeah, it's an outward act of an inward change, but that's not the purpose of it. The reason why it's not in there that way is because God wants you to know your baptism is more powerful than that. Your baptism is deeper than that. This isn't just you going down in the waters of baptism. This is a burial. We are getting ready to have something happen at two things. We are getting ready to have a funeral and a brand new birth all in the matter of just a moment's time. God doesn't take forever to change us. He doesn't take forever to to transform us. In the moment your dead carcass goes down into the waters of baptism, when you come back up, you are a brand new creature in Christ. You are holy. You are righteous. You are purified and sanctified and justified. There's nobody like it in all the world because you're a brand new creature. Oh. Did I give you any more? There's passages all through the Bible. If you go to Galatians, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Listen, when you stepped out of the waters of baptism, the spirit world didn't see who you were. They saw Jesus. It's chapter 3, verse 27 of Galatians. As many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The New Living says you put on Christ like a robe. Can I just tell you when you come up out of the waters of baptism, you have a new identification. Yes, we'll look at you and we'll recognize your name and we'll recognize who you are. But in the spirit world, your enemy doesn't see you any longer. You're the spirit world. The the demons of hell doesn't see you anymore. What they see is Jesus. And when they see Jesus, the Bible says they begin to tremble. And when they see Jesus, they know they're a defeated foe. You can step out of the baptisms of water with a kind a conscious decision and a confidence that you are now an overcomer in Christ, not because of something you did, but of somebody that you put on. Which lets me know this. Every time he starts messing with me, here's here's what we need to learn. After we've been baptized, devil, you can try to mess with me all you want but I don't know who the old Tim Sanders is. The old Tim Sanders was the son of Frank and Kathy. That's who the old Tim Sanders was. But that Tim Sanders died on June 16, 1980. When my pastor grabbed a hold of my hand and the back of my gown at the time, I think, is what we had. And he buried that old Tim Sanders in the waters of baptism. And when I came out, no longer was I Tim Sanders, the son of Frank and Kathy, 
but I had been transformed into Tim, the son of Jesus, the child of Almighty God, the blessed assurance of salvation, the blessed assurance of a relationship with a new dad, a new parent, if you will, a new direct. So from that point on, I can trust in him. I can rely on him. I can be just like these children today and just lose all control and just let God take care of it. I don't have to figure out how to fight it. I don't have to figure out how to maneuver around it. I don't have to do any. All I need to do is say, Dad, I don't get it, but I know you do. Adulthood to childhood. Oh, if I would ever really grab a hold of this in my spirit, how much easier would life be? That's why I like combining dedications and baptisms. We're going to dedicate some kids today unto the Lord and dedicate their families unto the Lord, but we're also going to give birth, not us, him. We're just a part of it. Birth of brand new children who have had an experience with God who have come to believe in God, who have experienced some of the knocking off of the old, the separating of the old, but haven't been given the new life yet because it has, the old person hasn't been buried yet. You can't have a new life until the old life is buried. But once it's buried, it's the reason why I have yet to have somebody, I say this every time, but I have yet to have somebody come up out of the waters of baptism without a smile. Oh. I'm praying today that we would recognize the importance of being children. Here's what we want to do now. If we could just clear these, you guys are good. If we can have the others come and use this and kind of just spread the families out uh, of the children. Um, and would you, if you would just come, go ahead, Declan. And uh, if you would just come and just kind of sit across the front here. If you're planning.